Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. I was just quickly speaking with our guest, Kat James, who is going to be just dazzling us with the work that she's been doing on the subjects of beauty and on nutrition and the relationship therein. Kat James is an award-winning author, health professional, journalist, syndicated radio host, and has been called a, quote, master of self-transformation by Self Magazine. After her own dramatic health transformation, after overcoming life-threatening autoimmune and eating disorders, her controversial and pioneering dietary method, now recommended atop neurological, fertility, functional medicine, bariatric, and metabolic clinics across the country, has left countless dramatic success stories in its wake. That's dramatic in itself, and has been featured at top spas and institutions, as well as on Today, Fox, and PBS, among others, now in course, including A Better World Radio. Kat has also been on a number of nutrition panels that I have moderated over the past few years at the New Life Expo. So it's really a pleasure to welcome Kat to A Better World because of her really astounding work and that's been making a difference in so many people's lives. And, you know, how do I put it? Really helping to contribute to a better world. So, Kat, welcome. So glad to have you on Great a better to be. world. Thank Good. you, Mitchell. Great to be here. Sure. Well, you know, before we like dive right into the specifics of your dietary regimen and your entire like total transformative perspective, which I so appreciate through your book, The Truth About Beauty, which I'm just, how do I say, eating up um, and slowly <laughs> digesting. <laughs> um, yes. I'd love to hear about what happened with you personally. What happened that drove you to be doing what you're doing now? You went through a, an awesome transformation yourself. Why don't you tell our yeah, audience well, about that? Sure. As you know, I uh, came from the mainstream beauty world, I was a uh, a makeup artist, and after my transformation, oddly, um, you know, ten, dropping 10 dress sizes after nearly having my liver fail and my entire heroin-like addiction to food completely vanishing, and that's something that I struggled with for 12 years that I never thought would ever end. Having my rashes, all of these things um, completely disappear, uh, at that point, I would look so different and was already a makeup artist in New York City. And so uh, that was what I was uh, most sought after for, ironically, is to continue on the path of superficial beauty. Uh, and so I became a spokesperson. And, and at a certain point, uh, after being offered yet another cosmetic company contract, I just said, I can't do this. i got to write the truth about beauty, and that is the title mm. I gave my book, even though, as you and I both know, it is a quite a health book, not a beauty book. Although, then again, that is the truth about beauty, that it's all about health. Yes, exactly. And I, I feel that you wind these two together and unravel at the same time, if you will, ah. uh, the truth True. about it really magnificently. And the fact Thank is you. there really is... Truly, there's a biological basis to beauty, and there is a spiritual yes. basis to beauty, 
and I feel yep. that you have brought really brought these two together under one roof. But what what more specifically have happened to you that had you number one go into uh, what you describe as your eating disorder, and then yeah. what most importantly, what brought you back? Sure. Um, you know, when I turned 12, that's when I started to see how I had inherited um, my mother's shape and my sister's shape, which is pronounced care shape. Maybe it was the Irish mm-hmm. thing in us. But, but uh, mm-hmm. so the first thing you do as a 13-year-old girl who is busting out of her genes is go on a diet. And you, of course, believe all the experts about calories, et cetera. And so I did my first very low-calorie diet, and I learned the calorie count of every food imaginable. And, um, and I was restricting calories. And uh, soon came my first time of eating a really absurdly large amount of food at one sitting. And so I had, quote-unquote, successfully restricted calories and then I wound up, um, you know, having this uh, reaction to it where I started to binge, and it blew my own mind to. And I started like an alcoholic to eat alone because I didn't know it then, but there was a biochemical thing that I was um, cultivating that would get so strong by the time I was in high school. Uh, that and I and the thing is is that we are all taught to blame just our spirituality or our um, lack of self discipline and that mm-hmm. if we would just you know work out all our relationships and all of our emotional triggers that this is going to go away and and that is a emotional nice fairy stress. tale but yeah yeah and and there are um, dances with biochemistry that are indeed emotional. And uh, I had a real emotional issues, a lot of it as a result, but it is part of my life's mission now. uh, And I have been able to, with so many other people who have issues like that, and plus other health issues, of course, um, to help them understand in a relatively short period of time how strong the biochemical piece of it actually is because it would and has relieved a lot of people of a sense of them being a misfit or wanting to kill themselves. I mean, do I have Mm -hmm. a death wish, you think, when you're eating yourself to incapacitation and there's actually a mechanism in the body that allows you or or doesn't allow the, the brain to know that you've even eaten and people need to know about it. And in my case, I stumbled on it accidentally with no guidance uh, at all and um, found these like fleeting moments of peace from food. And I didn't, uh, they stuck, stuck out like a sore thumb. So I said, how did I do that? And I went for about a, a couple of years just trying to replicate this feeling of peace where my mind wasn't on food and my black cloud emotions and this sense of foreboding um, were not there, and I got to the point where I could replicate that feeling 24-7. And at that point, there was a tipping point biochemically, and I only know this in retrospect, where suddenly my appetite dropped and none of the foods I had in my refrigerator looked like food to me anymore. And this is literally overnight at that tipping point. And my swelling, my ring started spinning. I lost a lot of fluid. My, my, I was mentally clear, and I was freed. And that oh, I, I replicated with little, little moments of faltering and taking notes 
Uh, and then about five years from then, I realized I was ready to at least try to see if other people uh, would have this same phenomenon happen to them because this was at the dawn of the fat-free era and what I was eating was exactly the opposite of what everyone was being told at that point. And I was working with the magazines. The editors couldn't believe this, these, this weight falling off of me. Uh, as I mentioned, 10 dress sizes eventually over a three-year period. No good days, no bad days, no self-discipline, no portion control. My body was a different body. It was behaving in a different way. So I started to think, how do I get other people to do this? Because I know this works. I wonder if it works for them. And so I got people to come onto beauty cruises with me. And indeed, it worked. People were coming out of the uh, out of the woodwork just saying, you know, I just tested my blood sugar and it hasn't been this low since I was diagnosed with diabetes. And seeing people say, you know what, I just kept doing this and I don't have this anymore. And this, that, that, and the other skin, joint, digestive issue were disappearing. And in 2004, the foremost clinical expert on a hormone I didn't even know about called leptin, L-E-P-T-I-N, identified and said when he heard me describe what I was, what was happening with these people, he said, you are resensitizing people to the hormone leptin and you're about the only one doing it. And uh, oh, so it's gosh. something I've been able to learn about since then. Gosh, that is extraordinary. But, you know, I'm just trying to get into the anatomy, if you will, of that time period where you were going from the oh, yeah. binging state into, yeah. I mean, were you getting guidance? Of course, you were getting guidance from all the places that, you know, people typically get guidance, which are doctors who have this fancy diet and that fancy diet, oftentimes, yeah. like you were saying, low fat, no fat, etc. and which are, you know, we know in retrospect were horribly bad pieces of it pieces of advice yeah so how did you yourself kind of because you weren't like trained as yeah. a nutritionist how did you kind of stumble upon the, yep. the matter of leptin insensitivity and then sure. just go about where you started shedding and you 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 shifted your biochemistry yeah well I had no idea that I wasn't just like everyone else and I sort of felt like being a human being was this life sentence a cruel joke yes. on us all where where um, <laughs> everything that we want or everything that smells good is horrible for us. I thought, what kind yes. of creator would do that? Uh, and right. then what happened is I was working as a makeup artist, and I have two incidents that led to this discovery, um, just mm-hmm. this mechanism. Uh, and one was I had a photo shoot in L.A., and I got to the hotel late. There was no room service. I had a choice between... Uh, a jar of nuts and a candy bar. Now, had there been a whole grain bran muffin in that mini bar, I might not be talking to you right now. <laughs> I might yeah. never have overcome my head-to-toe ailments or even be alive right now. Mm. Uh, and so what I did was I ate the nuts, and it wasn't like me, um, to, but I knew I wasn't going to do a candy bar. I was all into whole grains at that point. The next morning, yeah. no whole grains, my belly was flat, but I also noticed that I felt really good. And mm-hmm. now, you know, there are issues with nuts. I couldn't sustain that feeling uh, in retrospect with what I know and have experimented mm-hmm. on. But four months later, I didn't think that much of it. Four months later, 
while I was making my whole grain bread with a Vitamix and pouring uh, buckwheat groats and uh, literally soybeans and things to make a loaf of bread, it came out not palatable. I thought, how do I make this palatable? I tried toasting it, not quite palatable. And uh, and then I thought, I wonder if I have any butter even in the refrigerator. And I found this little crinkled up, you know, tablespoon of butter. Uh, and yeah. so I put it on the bread, the toast, and I did two slices and didn't think another thought of it. I choked it down. And uh, 2 o'clock came, and 2 o'clock came Never come, never came without me thinking about food, not without me thinking what whole grain this or that I was going to have at lunch. And and yeah. it was astounding. And and also it was a day of just pure productivity without me thinking of how kind of up and down my moods were and sluggish and moody and crabby. Yeah. And it was just this day almost like my head was floating over my body because there was no ball and chain in any of those areas. And I thought, Wow. And I remember just when I realized it was 2 o'clock, just sitting there in silence and thinking, this has never happened. And I thought, what did I do? And then I remembered that I had put butter on that toast, and I had two pieces. The next morning was my first official experiment. And the next morning, I had one piece of that horrible bread with butter on both sides. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, this is what I did. And I, yes. I and sure enough, sure enough, it's the second day in, gosh, maybe 12 years that the same phenomenon happened. No thoughts of food, no ups and downs, no sluggishness 40 minutes after breakfast, uh, no uh, and, and no depression. And that was the last time I actually had grains for breakfast and I moved to eggs and or yogurt, and there are, you know, issues with the, the yogurt and some people, certain kinds, so it matters if people are taking notes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was amazing that for, for the next year and a half, I could not get this to this feeling to last 24-7 continuously, but at about a year and a half, that's the night, literally, where I finally took the grains out of my dinner, but a whole lot of other things that I couldn't believe came in between me and this. You know, a lot of fruits were stopping things, certainly alcohol, beans, uh, and this is for because I was so metabolically challenged. Well, now mm-hmm. the average American is is almost as metabolically challenged as I was back then, and I was really a, a strange case back then. But anyway, uh, overnight, literally, and all of these are the symptoms of regaining leptin sensitivity, but I wouldn't know that for more than a decade more, for, for 14 years more. And that was the, the pronounced appetite drop-off, the soaring energy. Suddenly, no dips, no ups and downs, no roller coaster. And then mental clarity, skin changes, fluid loss from the loss of edema related to inflammation, ring spinning, abdomen flat, I mean, overnight changes at that point. And sure enough, the scientists caught up in rodent studies, the abrupt drop in appetite and loss of inflammation uh, and, and energy, and there are changes in digestion, and deep wave sleep comes back, and uh, immune problems, overimmune uh, sensitivities to food, so many of these things are now documented in over 8,000 studies on this hormone called leptin. 
And it's incredible that all I did for even seven years of helping others go through this, I still didn't know what this hormone was. But everything was trial and error. And beyond my own case, there were so many things I found out when working with other people on cruises and retreats, you know, five to ten days at a time, that so many things uh, were, were a problem. I tried whole juicing. I tried spaghetti squash, yams. Uh, you know, dandelion, coffee blends, so many things that people were so metabolically compromised already that those things tended to also spike blood sugar, whereas they would not in a healthier person. Wow. What a discovery and journey. Yeah. And but yeah. you didn't even, interestingly, I mean, you were a makeup artist. What did you know? You know, popular in Hollywood. <laughs> what did you know about And I had to write that, like give leptin. that title to my book. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the title I had to give my book in order to be, I mean, I went through different publishers because they were like, wait a minute, we, we hired you to do a beauty book, not some yeah. some te- textbook, a 400-page yeah. textbook with 60 yeah. pages of medical references. And uh, so, you know, that, <laughs> right. was, that was something hey, that was beauty, hard to get Beauty, baby, come on into. now. <laughs> exactly. I promise I'll do sure. one page on, on uh, clean makeup. <laughs> and so yeah, right, <laughs> right. No, the, the book is really, it's a gold mine, I swear. I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I open it up like the I Ching. That wouldn't be completely true. But wherever right. I <laughs> land in it, Kat, is really quite so... It's compelling, and I just enjoy Thank it. I, lately, I've been thumbing through the uh, the six day quick st- uh, the jump start, you know. And I'm yeah. looking. I was reading it to a chiropractor friend of mine today. We were actually uh, meeting with a, a holistic doctor from Brazil in New Jersey about um, about BioCell and things of that sort. And yeah, I was sure. I took the book out and I showed it to her. And I just started sharing some of the recipes, organic yeah. chicken sauce. This is hilarious, you know. But yeah. in fact, you know, I I I, I follow the logic. And by the way, it of course reminds me uh, to some extent of um, to some extent of uh, Weston, Doctor uh, Weston Price. Yeah, there there are, there are, are big some... differences, and yeah, the irony sure. is is if I had been raised on the Western price, maybe I never would have had my eating disorder and never would have faced a life or death crisis and probably would not be living the rest of my life in the kind of health that I am now. And the book is not the same as my program, of course, because everyone has a different threshold at which their blood sugar spikes. And whatever makes a person's blood sugar spike will also spike their insulin and it will also spike their leptin. Now, people say, oh, do you sell leptin? Is there a pill? And I say, no, 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 no. It's in your body. The white fat cells uh, secrete it, and, and and the hypothalamus is supposed to be able to sense it and read it, and most people's hypothalamus cannot sense or read it. And, um, and Because so it's the book, been overwhelmed, and that's yes, because it has like, been overwhelmed like over time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like so your heredity can affect it. And your childhood, how many exposures to blood sugar spikes? And if you were raised on sweet drinks, that makes you metabolically challenged. And so my book was designed to help the most people. But if I had created my book to go all the way, and believe me, the coconut flour recipes and the almond flour recipes, 
and tomato sauces and blueberries. Those are things that are a lot in a lot of paleo diets, for example, or low glycemic and even some low carb yes. uh, things. Um, you know, there's yeah. a problem with excess protein, which you'll see even in a lot of ketogenic diets. Uh, and so mine is surely um, trial and error that has, to my own dismay on many occasions, shown me how things that we really think of as very, very healthy will take a person out of leptin sensitivity or be a deal breaker for someone who's trying to achieve it. Now, this isn't uh, something that someone who is just a dabbler should even attempt, and that's what my book is for because it's a real experience, a real crossing of the Rubicon, a real day yeah. of reckoning when we really go all the way to leptin sensitivity, and it involves, unless they do it, someone does it well-informed and does my program, for example, is going to involve a little discomfort, uh, such as yeast die-off or enzyme changes that are gradual, mm-hmm. that may be uncomfortable temporarily for people, for example, who haven't been eating any fat. Uh, and and there is a dropout of energy for one or two days. That's if you do it exactly correct. But if someone's not doing it correctly and is still spiking their blood sugar a little, and it's very surprising, even a alcohol flavoring can do that, then this process will be drawn out and unpleasant. And so I have found that unless someone gets at least 12 hours of instruction, they are eventually going to do this wrong. However, my book is a way that they can go most of the way, but it is a quantum leap when they flip into leptin sensitivity. So I can't even say we'll give a person the lion's share of benefits because it is a, a quantum leap when you really uh, attain that uh, leptin sensitivity. So this, of course, begs the question, defining leptin and leptin mm-hmm. sensitivity. I understand sure. that it it kind of equates with or it runs parallel to insulin sensitivity and both become yeah. overwhelmed. But, of course, insulin sensitivity due to diabetes being so prominent in our society, et cetera, the presence of sugars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, you know, people know about that, but they don't know. And that's one of the, one of the wonderful points that you're bringing to bear in the entire larger community is bringing yeah. to bear, you know, understanding of this. So would you just yeah. define leptin and leptin sensitivity and how to restore it? Sure. Leptin is known as the master hormone. And for something that is more important, and it's hard to be that much more important than insulin, but it's more important. It affects absolutely every system. Uh, the sex hormones, our inflammatory response, our immune response, the balance of our nervous system, sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, our, it heals the dopamine pathways. It even grows the cerebral cortex. It, it dominates the hypothalamus and the, the effects on the adrenal and thyroid are major. And mm-hmm. any of this can be confirmed with a quick Google search if you look at leptin and cancer. Now, the interesting thing is uh, keeping leptin low, just like keeping insulin low, are what you want, not more. And they have tried mm-hmm. to produce leptin drugs, but leptin drugs would lead to, lead to more leptin uh, in, in, really? insensitivity or resistance. And uh-huh. uh, it, it was mentioned cryptically in a bunch of uh, media 
um, uh, outlets that covered the story of the Biggest Loser study last spring. And Mm -hmm. I was very compelled to get on a bunch of radio shows, which I did, and speak out about this cryptic cryptic mention of leptin coupled with a a study, quote-unquote, uh, about eight winners that had eaten low-fat and no-fat diets and were working out three times a day, abusing themselves, mm-hmm. and how they were supposed to represent uh, the the take-home that diets don't work and that we should all just get gastric surgery. And this <sighs> bothered me so much that I went on to these shows and who was listening to one of the times when I was a guest on a radio show, but a uh, fitness trainer who was a celebrity fitness trainer on The Biggest Loser. So she came to my program, but I made her sign a bunch of things because I figured she was out to, you know, stop this person who was bashing The Biggest Loser. Uh, And it turned out she really wanted my help and had just heard about Leptin and Googled it and found me came on my program with her Cushing's disease, piling fat on her upper body, literally ending her 20-plus year career. She was also a celebrity trainer on the on the Dr. Phil's Wedding Weight Loss Challenge and, and all of these things. Oh, and she was yeah. had three eating disorders, or three, she was working out three times a day and had an eating disorder by this time and was purging. Yeah. And she would brush her teeth to distract herself from thoughts of food so she could fall asleep and she did not sleep anymore she slept during the day in her car her name's Cheyenne Lombard and she gave me full permission to share her story (laughs) and within five days before she came to the program starting mine her irregular period as in no period came back she was off of her CPAP machine by the second day of the program her rings had started out embedded. She had not been able to remove her wedding rings since her wedding day three days, three years prior. And it literally flew off in front of the group uh, while we were sitting in the great room talking. And from there, she went on over the next month and a half to lose 18 pounds of edema and inflammation and gain six pounds of muscle uh, four different ways of measuring it that these trainers used had never seen anything like this in her career. Went back to her doctor. Her hormones were back to normal. And uh, it was it has just been an incredible transformation for her. Uh, but the transformation of her mentally and the story of how this changes people's outlook, which also yeah. inspired a story I wrote called Nutrition and Personality, which came out mm-hmm. in January. is going to be rerun in Better Nutrition in uh, June. It is incredible how not just blood sugar and certainly not just this leptin piece, but hypoglycemia um, and, and the microbiome uh, and so many things affect our not only moves, but what people literally define by Webster's definition as our personality, and yes. it affects our spirit. And I have to say that uh, with the healing of my own biochemistry, I've been reconnected with that inner voice that was absolutely, you know, in, in cases of addiction, I don't think anyone yes. would argue, uh, and this heals the dopamine pathways, which decides if you have a addicted or motivated biochemistry. And so yes. I think everyone's seen the spiritual change in people who overcome addiction 
whether or not yes. they do a 12-step program. Um, and uh, it is a profound thing. Yeah, I think you're you're right on it, that there is a, a different level. You know, we use the word inspiration, you know, a little perhaps glibly, but in reality, etymologically, it means to breathe. And so mm. when one's biochemistry is set right, one's hormonal balance is set right through the kind of dietary changes that you're speaking of, um, they're actually able to breathe deeper and metabolize mm. oxygen better and therefore yeah. actually become inspired. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, it's like your experience. Yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. And not only that. I mean, I'm just pulling that out as one feature of personality and and the way we live, the way we perceive our lives and their relative value. You know. Yeah, and it's amazing what we will pick up on and and see um, as suddenly the body working as nature intended, as creation intended. Because that time where I sort of flipped overnight, I could not believe the next day something told me, "Uh uh-oh, this is how it was always supposed to be. And my body is absolutely no longer a fat-storing machine. It no longer just uses food in a horrible way. And my satiety, my, uh, you know, the moment I was suddenly looking at half of a plate of food that I absolutely, even though it was mouth-watering, could not have one other bite. And I just said, this is what was supposed to be. And this is the first time in my life, seemed like even as a child, that I was, you know, I was raised on plasticky, um, sugary things. And, And that immediately... Uh, it, it makes disables our normal relationship with food, even as children. Mhm, mhm. And so much of this does have to do with the program we receive as children. In fact, for whatever reason, as you're speaking, Kat, I'm remembering that my mother used to give us this amazing, you know, phenomenon of the '50s called TV dinners, which came oh. in aluminum containers. Containers yes. and would be stuck in the <laughs> oven for I don't know ten or fifteen minutes, and that was dinner. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's scary. Yeah. We have to take a I momentary break. I never saw real break. butter. Yeah. Oh God. Sure. We just have to let everyone yeah. know you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin, your host. We are on every Wednesday at six p.m. We're also on community television in New York City in Manhattan every Monday at seven. If you receive our newsletters, you know what's going on, and I'm very glad about that. And for those of you who don't, just go to our website, www.abetterworld.tv, and sign up for the free newsletter. It just comes out once a week, and it makes the announcements of who the guests will be or what the subjects will be on the respective shows, as well as blogs and any number of different interesting, exciting events in the general tri-state region of New York and beyond. So today we are spending the entire show with Kat James, the author of this exceptional book. I really feel that way about it. The Truth About Beauty, Transform Your Looks and Your Life from the Inside Out. And uh, she is a health journalist and she 
leads people on retreats, and literally they become transformed from head to toe with her sometimes considered controversial, I think it's fantastic, perspective on diet and understanding hormonal balance, uh, glycemic index, what foods to eat, which to avoid, and having perspectives on one's body and life that are deeper than your ordinary diet. That's for sure. So, Kat, I'm so glad that you're talking about these things with our audience today. It's it's yeah. just really rewarding. My pleasure. So I'm going to try to distill this a little bit, and you have to guide me to see if I'm catching it and then enhance it, okay? What I'm hearing sure. is that because of leptin insensitivity, the master hormone that has gone just absent in so much of modern-day nutritional literature and thinking, in order to restore it, one has to cut back on, in fact, eliminate grains, cereals, and the like. And that will help to, that has sort of over time blanketed our sensitivity to it and increase fats, coconut butter, as you were talking about in your first experience of the transformation, and other choices like that, which I'd like to actually get into. Um, And that will help to restore the proper relationship of the body's leptin to our personal biology, as well as eating foods with low glycemic index or certainly being aware of not spiking blood sugar and therefore insulin release. Sure. Um, I mean, for those who are pretty healthy, that will be enough to bring you back into full functioning of leptin sensitivity. Um, And so that's something that, like I did, that people can do and in my book, I talk about in cycles, shedding in cycles, cycles of shedding. And you do it as you are ready. Uh, and it's a different experience on my program because you go all the way to leptin sensitivity, which is not going to be achieved in anyone who is metabolically challenged, has gained weight, has trouble sleeping, has uh, need for coffee uh, or sh- sugar or carbs. Uh, in the morning or in the afternoon to pick you up. These are what I call, and, and you know, you have a bad relationship with food, carb cravings. These are people whom I call metabolically challenged, and they also tend to have yeast problems sometimes, uh, not always, and thyroid problems and adrenal issues, and uh, they mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night. So those people um, will benefit from doing what you just said, which is really um, laid out how to upgrade each choice in my book, The Truth About Beauty. Uh, But to go all the way, if someone is metabolically challenged, uh, it is not just a matter of reducing carbs, as you know, and, uh, and eating more fat. In fact, the body will default to using sugar as its primary fuel as long as you take that sip of juice or even things that are not as sweet as juice and the body will cut off the ability to use fat as its primary fuel because the body thinks you're in a famine each time you do that and it it cuts off sensitivity to leptin so that again the hypothalamus is not hearing the message that you've eaten 
So this circulating leptin from your fat cells literally tells the hypothalamus how heavy you are. In other words, how much leptin you're producing is largely dependent on how much excess uh, white fat cells you have. And Mm -hmm. once uh, you spike blood sugar, there's no monitoring by the hypothalamus of body weight and its job, uh, the hypothalamus, if it's reading leptin correctly, is to tell uh, you whether you uh, need to eat more to maintain fertility and agility, the ability Mm. to survive. So that message is lost, and the default message to the brain is that you're in a famine. So if you just eat more fat and reduce your carbs, you're still uh, going to be in a famine mode. And so what it takes is to not spike your blood sugar at all. And unfortunately, if we hadn't been subject and exposed to such a horrific last couple of decades as far as high fructose corn syrup, low-fat foods, no-fat foods, and therefore tons of carbs, uh, which has caused single-handedly the diabetes and obesity and psych drug eras, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, um, you are more metabolically challenged. And your fat to protein, for example, and the amount of carb that you can actually have and remain leptin-sensitive is very little, close to none. Carbs are not listed on essential nutrients for human beings. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't have yummy, sweet food. Uh, I developed a flour-free, grain-free recipe, for example, for Belgian waffles and pizza, uh, and you can have <laughs> cheesecake and all sorts of amazing things. People can't believe it, and yet once they're leptin sensitive, they're looking at these amazing mouth-watering things and can only have very little. Uh, so it's not about um, torture, doing without self-deprivation. It's about regaining the signal we were always supposed to have. And yeah. uh, so, if so that makes it any clearer. The entire uh, matter of bread and grains and cereals and that kind of white refined carbs, as well as even, you know, how about some of the the better grains that we have? Are you saying that all of them? Not will, even quinoa. Will... Not even quinoa. So if you want to Not go partway and do a lot better, then you're fine. Quinoa was. All of these were begrudging discoveries that I had to face in literally one of the best and only observational studies uh, that has ever gone on in the world of this, and that's according to the foremost clinical expert. Uh, And and he has, you know, Dr. Ron Rosedale, for example, has has done so much, the most research perhaps on this, and his dietary application, everyone's dietary application is a frontier, though. It's separate from the science we know about leptin, and is very um, in the discovery process. So no one has, as he has said, has done this kind of observational study, and it really surprises me that someone could even juice too many lemons into a glass and still go over their threshold of where their blood sugar could be spiked. Um, and and so uh, certain fruits, in the United States, we all get just the, the sweet fruits in our supermarket because we all eat in such a way that none of the other fruits would sell because we have no taste buds left. So when you become leptin sensitive, your taste buds reawaken. 
yeah. you start to taste things that you never thought were very good tasting uh, as very sweet. And, and uh, for example, a cherry tomato will taste like candy. And yeah. you'll go Brussels sprouts, and you won't, you know. So, I'm, and again, I'm not saying this is about eating Brussels sprouts, uh, you know, and that's all you have to look forward to. We are talking about sure. I'm, that's one of the things about my program is the culinary aspect, and I have oh found my. you know ways to make it's peppermint rich. patties and Reese's pieces and and all of this stuff. Um, but there's yeah. grass-fed meats. We need cholesterol. We need saturated fat. And without cholesterol, we don't make our hormones. We don't have libido. We're not as fertile. And our brains yeah. don't work completely. And this is something yeah. people, no, can't I just have coconut oil? So what you're really and, saying, you know, I'm, 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 I'm taking what you're saying. What I, I'm gathering is that if there's a, uh, a spike in blood sugar because of that sip of juice, for instance, that has sugar in it, even if it's fruit sugar, that will give the body the signal that you're going the way of sugar as the default food, nutrition, yes. instead of fat. That's going to be the primary fuel uh, for at least three more days. Um, and okay. so it takes three or four days. This is the amazing part. People so say, in a sense, you're curbing your habit to sugar and realigning the body to fat as its primary f fuel. Yes, and that's Besides the primary protein. fuel your body wants to use, and that's the primary fuel your brain wants. wants. There's a misconception that we need About to eat glucose. carbs or sugar for our brain, and it's not true. Oh, In fact, see, ketones are formed big. when the body is using fat as its primary fuel. Ketones are formed. And ketones are, are being found to fight Alzheimer's and all neurological diseases, ALS, oh, Parkinson's, wow. all neurological. And there's no ADHD. I, I, I have seen nothing but stunning things happen with ADHD uh, and neurological issues. And we've known since 99 that possibly sooner that no one's going to have any migraines or seizures if they are eating ketogenic. The problem with ketogenic is it can often be very high protein, and excess protein turns to sugar, and that's the big paleo problem too. Now, oh. insulin is the sugar sensor. Uh, leptin is the fat sensor, and there's a pathway called mTOR, which is the protein sensor. Now, we've heard oh. uh, people who are very, you know, uh, defending veganism, for example, say, that meat causes cancer. No, no, no. Excess protein causes cancer. And mm -hmm. there's this mTOR pathway that causes cells to either replicate or remodel. And when there's excess protein, there's a signal to replicate, which we don't want after we've achieved adulthood. So interesting. So, so this is not veganism. It's not vegetarianism either. It's um, been there. It's its own. It's not paleo. What? I'm sorry. I've been there. Is what I said uh, in the You've vegetarian been there. Right, world. Right, right, right. My body literally and, and, after that flip, I told you, it, it, it forced me yeah. to consume some meat. And I and I was at the point where I had convinced myself that meat was absolutely disgusting and there are a lot of interesting thoughts about uh, uh, you know the ethical argument and also the environment on the end and a lot of these things are going to be means. I think people will realize are not true but uh, yeah I was yeah. vegetarian for seven years yes and so I'm wondering now I'm getting personal about myself for a moment because I'm 
I'm big on making green juices. I know you you talk about smoothies, but that didn't so. I mean, it was okay, but you know the hemp protein and all that. But I make juices daily, pretty much of yeah. you know using kale and collard greens, but I also use apple and beets to sweeten it because each right. apple and beets have other nutritional profiles that are very very healthy. But in the light of all that you're saying, yeah. and that's really what I'm, I'm like most interested in here, uh, those would be glycemic spiking. Is I actually correct? used those in the beginnings of my program um, and went from juicing to whole juicing, you know, where the fiber is retained because that has a lot of the minerals that also help stabilize blood sugar. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I, I'm most sorry. I should have people, said blending. I don't mean juicing as in extraction. I mean, you know, sure. like Nutribullet kind of thing. Sure, sure. Um, and but I had to take out the beets and the carrots in order to not still have that juice that I used to serve on my cruises in the morning. But even the whole juice, you you know, with the Vitamix. Um, and yeah. I had to take those ingredients you just pointed out: the apple, the beet, carrot, uh, out. And some people still would spike and not be able to make it to leptin sensitivity, even with the green juices. And certainly wheatgrass and things like that, wheatgrasses actually. And uh, it's amazing because you're... I know. Yeah, it's pretty... I got that lesson years ago, yeah. Yeah. So then what do you replace those with? I just uh, took those things out. So what do you... So how do you manage the... I mean, just drinking, you know, like say a, a kale blend is a little intense. Well, first of all, it's very simple. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I just threw some stevia in and said, you know what, <laughs> stevia and a little bit of lemon. And I'm like, this doesn't oh. taste like vegetable juice anymore. I mean, it's really oh, ridiculously okay. easy. So stevia is that. your solution. Stevia yeah. is the solution. No, I'm How not saying it. Some people are saying some people will say, she said that beets are bad. No, I'm talking about something that can bring you back to how your metabolism was supposed to function. And this is yes. a slightly compensatory thing based on how far off balance and literally epigenetic changes uh-huh. that happen with us due to these unnatural exposures, not just the high fructose corn syrup, the low fat all of this stuff yes. we were sold, but also exposure to antibiotics and glyphosate that change how yes. we deal with our food. And so, yes, there are things that Adam and Eve and, and Tarzan and Tarzan's close relatives should should be <laughs> fine and should have never had any problem eating. So we can thank yes. a few industries I can think of right now uh, and companies in particular um, for yes. this loss in, of ability to consume some of these things without spiking our blood sugar. Yes. Destruction of our palates and our metabolism and body yes. altogether. Yeah, absolutely. So in other words, are you saying that things like after leptin sensitivity is established, those can be worked back in things like carrots or beets or apples or do you just not likely lose a taste not likely that? you lose your taste in fact uh, other things take their place and taste just as sweet uh, now uh-huh. something that's interesting people say oh do will I always eat like only the people who haven't done this yet ask me will I always have to eat like that 
because they haven't experienced yes. it yet. Once you are experiencing How it, good it is. and the way right. and the way that your body feels and and loves the food, these foods you weren't eating, and then you go, I get to eat this way. I get to eat this way, and you are <laughs> feeling bad for other people. Uh, yeah. And you know, but but some little things like how well we sleep if we don't sleep at all, or if our life is set up to not allow, allow us to sleep. Deep wave sleep comes back once you flip into leptin sensitivity. Um, but if you structure your life that you're waking up your pet, or you have noise or things interfering with your sleep, for example, that affects your threshold at which your blood sugar is spiked. So by yes. regaining your deep wave sleep, that threshold can change. Uh, and, yes. you know, their supplements are a big part of my program, although the lion's share of benefit, and if people only made the dietary change, it would be huge. But supplements to stabilize blood sugar can be very yes. useful, as well as the ones to help you digest fat at the very beginning because you will enzymes. start making enzymes immediately that you haven't been making like lipase, oh, um, really? when, when you so start to digest fat. Sure. You know, I brought up what I did about beets and, you know, carrots and apples, not so much about from the idea of missing them, like, oh, my God, I can't live without them. No, no. But from yeah. the point of view that, number one, they come to us from nature, and I don't think by mistake, number one. Number two, mm -hmm. each one of those has their own unique, distinctive um, characteristics that are very health-promoting as well. That's yeah. really the level on which I was asking the question. Sure, sure. So, for example, people worry about vitamin C, but it's available in so many places. Um, peppers, yes. jicama, uh, chia, um, so many things have it and so many things have the same nutrients in beets uh, although it has a lot of betaine which a healthy uh, digestive system is going to produce um, yeah. and you know but the what happens to you when your body simply functions on this major way I mean I view much of the health pursuit that most people even in the integrative and enlightened health world are following is to patch problems that are created simply because they are not leptin sensitive. And yeah. there are people who consider themselves to be health food aficionados. They are queens of their kitchen and they are using all of the superfoods. And when they do this, they can't believe it. I mean, literally it's like they don't have to keep on searching, searching and make a personal life career uh, out of just trying to get enough nutrients. We don't, that's not the issue. It is not that we don't have uh, enough nutrients in most cases. And yes, we're short in a lot of things, but you would find once mm -hmm. you're sensitive to leptin, uh, how much more efficient the body digests and utilizes things. And suddenly your inflammation is gone and you're not worrying about um, taking this for that and that for the other. I mean, I take a lot mm -hmm. of supplements. I actually do. Um, because I push myself and anyone who uh, pushes themselves and is and we can't always control the stress in our lives, for example. So, of course, I take adaptogenic herbs, things like that. 
And so, yeah. yeah, we live in this modern life and we have our challenges. Someone who's a swimmer, for example, has a horrible body ecology because of their exposure constantly to chlorine and they need chlorine. to take extra steps to maintain their own microbiome. So you got to know your environment and you can use what I call nature and therapeutic doses to help you there. But the leptin piece yeah. uh, is amazingly central and, and the closest thing to a silver bullet I can imagine. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I mean, basically, you know, to kind of reinterpret the food that we have all been raised on here in America, um, and not so for Europe in the same way, but here in America where yeah. money is king and we will be fed anything and everything in order for the corporations to make a buck. Yeah. Yeah. That is their Indeed. driving momentum. It is not our health nor is it, of course, in the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, I think that sort of goes without saying, but let's just yeah. say it for the heck of it. But uh, sure. even the yeah. food industry, it's an industry. They've destroyed farming and everything else. I know I'm making yes. some big generalizations. They just happen to be largely true. And so we've yes. been fed <laughs> things that are utterly uh, destroying yeah. our proper yeah. biology, our proper metabolism and microbiome. And in order to restore it to its true natural state, your uh, recommendations are of such value, and you've seen over and again with the people that you've worked with. Tell us a story or two. Yeah. If you have another moment or two, I'd love to sure. hear another story sure. or two from your people. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, there's a, a woman who had had a heart attack uh, in January of, of 2009, and then I'm starting to think of, you know, since then, so many, like, personality changes too but I've had every kind of itis that I haven't even heard of Wegener's granulomatosis <laughs> and um, vasculitis and and uh, interstitial cystitis and and hepatitis C and things like this uh, that have mm -hmm. turned around um, because it is uh, leptin is an immune modulator but more recently these stories having to do that really kind of explain the healing of the microbiome. You'd have the Human Microbiome Project since 2000, I think, seven, and uh, showing yeah. uh, how our thoughts and our behaviors are affected with communication between uh, neurotransmitters, which we all know about. We've heard of serotonin and GABA and sure. and these things, but that sauerkraut produces bacteria that produce GABA. And this whole microbiome yes. piece is so huge. They're, you know, transplanting microbiome from one person to another and rodent yes. to rodent changing and flipping their personalities from yes. anxious to confident. Right. And, Even uh, fecal so, therapy for crying out loud. Yes. You know, I, was, I wasn't going to go related. there just in case anyone was eating, but, you know. Um, and uh, but, but the other thing that's interesting, and I said there's got to be a connection with this hormone leptin with the microbiome, and sure enough, in 2014, there was a study that concluded that leptin's in, impact on gut bacteria composition is profound. And specifically, they also found, we've heard that there might be a microbiome-related obesity and a, a microbiome-related yes. to uh, thinness, and there are. There are actually more of what is called the firmicutes uh, uh, with slim people and more of the bacterioidetes in obese people, and it turns out that leptin function 
caused a change in balance in favor of the slim bacteria. It, the story just never ends, and, and so it kind of keeps explaining what I'm observing, and, uh, but the yeah. consistent thing is no more eating disorder, and uh, so, so that's why I continue to do what I do. That is beautiful. It is. I, I want to just say that uh, I, one of my um, mentors is uh, the work of Doug Kaufman and looking at the yeah. role of fungus. And even though you don't talk about this as he does, the dietary recommendations have a fair amount in common, especially around the grains and the cereal question and the carbs. And it's just interesting. Do you feel that yeah. there is alignment in your perspective with his as well? or Certainly in our perspective. Just... And yeah. certainly in my perspective because I I do pay a lot of attention to the fungal and yeast, but it takes care of itself in a way that is unprecedented when people achieve leptin sensitivity. I've been on the Doug's show several times, so he knows yeah. my approach, but so many people yeah. are still allowing themselves to eat things that I know don't cause the kind of yeast die off, for example, that my program uh, results in. Um, so it's important, and, and I do want people to know I do these retreats. Um, my website is informedbeauty.com, uh, and I'm going to do the next one in the Heartland, literally at a place called Heartland Lodge on the Mississippi River. Just came back from Costa Rica for three weeks, and I've, I've been really around the world, and, and uh, it's something that I love doing and will continue to do. Beautiful. Well, Kat, you're doing such a tremendous service to so many people, and I just want to thank you for your good work. I wish I had a a better world award. I would put it on you right now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, and and really what you do is amazing too, and uh, it's such a, a good compliment uh, and uh, to to be, you know, we need to be specialists in our area, and I think what you do is unprecedented in its way. So thank you. Bless you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you've given your website, informbeauty.com, and we'll have you back on because I feel like we're just scratching the surface. And it takes a sure. while for this to penetrate the yeah. people's minds and brains because it's Definitely. such a close to 180 degree reversal change from ordinary thinking about food. Yeah, absolutely. And beauty. Thanks again, yeah. Kat James, so much. My pleasure. We'll Thank soon. you, Mitchell. Okay. Okay. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Kat James, what a woman. Look at that story. Look at what has happened in her own life. I mean, this is a book you really do want to pick up. I mean it. It's, uh, I'm really, it's nighttime reading for me because I just cry. I crawl into bed with cat. How do you like that? <laughs> I'm glad she didn't hear me say that. Uh, the truth about beauty is really, and there's another. We didn't talk that much about the beauty piece of it, but I've got to tell you, we are programmed toward an aesthetic and uh, both in our cultural world, but I say also our natural world. Beauty is an actual functional adaptive matter in our lives. There's a survival piece to beauty, and we certainly have cultural understandings of what beauty 
is uh, definitions, if you will, a certain kind of symmetry, a certain kind of um, you know positioning. But there are there are, I'm suggesting there are biological substrates to that, uh, and with the work that Kat is doing on the dietary slash hormonal slash biochemical levels our own innate beauty, and there's beauty in everything, comes to the foreground. And I think that she would be saying the same thing herself if she were still on with me right now, and I'm sure she will say that another time. This is when we say from the inside out, that's what it means. When there's an inner symmetry and an inner harmony, and of course, you know, most of my work is in the domain of dealing with stress management and energy moving well, the life force, the chi moving well through the meridians and the chakras, of course, um, you're going to get a, a, a patency, a smoothness of energy that's coming, then moving from literally the bones and the tissue and the collagen to the skin. And uh, this is a real important so we tend to get a little shy about talking about beauty and do we want to and is it okay if I really want to make myself beautiful or in the case of men, generally speaking, we don't talk about beauty as much as handsomeness. But, you know, overall, there's a beauty in handsomeness, if you will. You know, that's a, that's more of a cultural distinction and gender linked. But nonetheless, beauty is underneath it all beauty and we have what we could call male beauty and what we call female beauty of course and i guess there are different kinds in between that but those are the primary uh polarities that i'm most accustomed to and uh cat's work really helps to bolster this understanding and helps people through her book to own their own appreciation of beauty of others and especially of oneself. And so, again, that enters a lot of the space that I hang out with in a lot, having to do with self-image and value of self and then even understanding the neuroscience of that and re-entrenching these images of ourselves that are beautiful, that are self-loving, that are self-healing, that are glorious, in fact. And how do we talk about these things without saying, oh, the, that fellow's an egotist? Uh, I don't mean just me. I mean, you know, whoever may be speaking warmly and lovingly about themselves or their own beauty. That's God. If you think of how derisive and divisive and degrading that is of human beauty and dignity. That's what I would say is some of the negative effects of some of our cultural programming is. Some of it comes from the religio-cultural aspect that says that we are not worth anything, that we are but sinners, and you know, therefore we are nothing but a grain of sand. Well, Really, that's BS. Excuse me. That's really not true. We are not a, a grain of sand. Maybe in the face of the entirety of the universe, we're rather small, but in the face of a bacterium, we're rather large. So it's all a matter of perspective, and perspective has so much to do 
with beauty, right? Ask any sculptor. So I just want to say uh, how much I think that this dialogue and this inquiry is so important, and I just want to kind of um, spell out my understanding. And um, I'm a student like you are, although I've had a chance to speak with Kat a few more times than you have. And my understanding is, in fact, one of them was at the uh, uh, BioCell Modere conference, and you've heard me speak about that product line. I've interviewed Asma Ishak, the uh, formulator of it, and a few other people that are part of that amazing and wonderful, very health-oriented community. And I would engage you all to partake of it also yourselves. And I'll get to that in a moment. But I, I want to just underline the primary point, as I understood it from Kat, which is that basically we've been sugared to death. It's in everything. And we've been deprived of fat because there's this very false myth that eating fat generates fat. It's actually just the opposite. And fat also generates healthy cholesterol, as she was saying just before. So what we've been taught because of certain economic motives of private corporations, which is where we get so much of our education through television, and even in some cases people's com the television commercials, we really don't have a good understanding of biology and nutrition. And I feel that she is going far in regrounding it. And that's the way I would put it. She's regrounding it so that even one of my favorite mentors of all, Doug Kaufman, and I agree with all that he is saying regarding the role of fungus and yeast and mold in our bodies and the mycotoxins that are in, which are toxins, it's poison, and uh, how that affects our organs and tissues and brains and all systems and throws them off and leads to illnesses and diseases. I agree with that. However, there is something overarching in my understanding about what Kat is bringing to the foreground here. So all of that remains true, but there's a difference between, in a sense, having a fat-based diet and a sugar-based, carb-based diet, as we have here in the West, in America. And when you make that distinction, I'm simplifying, granted, when the body gets the message that fat is the way of food for the brain, the nervous system, uh, etc., everything changes. That's what I gathered happened in her magical moment, so to speak, from the story she told us about her own healing and transformation. It's interesting, right? So that change goes back to, if you think about it, when we were in the wild, what were we eating? We were eating animals. We were eating nuts, a lot of fat and a lot of protein, in fact. You know, not too much, but that really was our diet, 
We didn't have candy bars in the wild. You know, we didn't have those kinds of things. We had coconuts, which, of course, have some sugar. Um, However, the balance was never thrown off the way it is with our children and ourselves at birth, and even, I would argue, even before birth, prenatally. Our bodies are already being conditioned in the way of sugar. And sugar, of course, occurs in so many ways and in in so many things. It's not just the white refined sugar. It's carbohydrates are, in effect, sugar. So, well, I hope you got as much out of that as I did. I want to just thank you all for joining. And I love that people are listening from different parts of the world, like Australia and New Zealand and United Kingdom and South Africa. It's just a really wonderful to see that we have this kind of following and participation in the creation of a better world. I mean, let's be honest, folks. We are here building community of intelligence, of intellectual intelligence, like what Kat was bringing forward, like emotional intelligence, which is what I bring forward here literally every week of last time uh, evaluating some of the psychology and mental and emotional fitness of our leaders so that we can march forward into the future. And we need brains that are working well, nervous systems that are fine-tuned, organs and hormones that are well-balanced. And that's why it was so valuable to have Cat James on A Better World today. So on that note, oh, I want to just remind you that uh, one of the nutrients that she and I are in um, – great agreement about has to do with this what I've talked about a number of times this this matrix of a molecule combining collagen hyaluronic acid and chondroitin sulfate made by Asma Ishak she's the main formulator uh, so that these wonderful nutrients are digestible in the body and absorbed. And people just don't realize, but the entire body is completely collagen. I mean, we are collagen so much. And by nourishing it and caring for it, tending to it through hyaluronic acid and chondroitin sulfate, our ligaments, our tendons, our cartilage, all of the connective tissue, which also is everywhere, really functions best optimally and it gets hydrated because we're losing that HA one and a half percent per year and it needs to be brought back in. And eating a lot of yams ain't gonna do it. It's not gonna work. Uh, oh I don't even think yams are on cat's diet besides. So uh, but I think you got the message. So I'm going to give you a way of reaching our website with this and uh, look around. And now that it's also Moder, there are a whole lot of other really interesting toxin-free products for the home and the body. And that is go to Moder, www.moder.com, M-O-D-E-R-E.com forward slash J two six eight zero one eight. That's forward slash J two six eight 
0.018. Now, I don't think you can order that in South Africa just now. But soon, but soon, we're working on uh, opening up in Europe very soon. I think maybe Australia and Japan are already so. Uh, but you can write to me at mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr at abetterworld.net, which I ask you to do anyway and share with me your thoughts and experiences of these shows and what you get out of them for yourself and for your family and for your friends and colleagues. It's very useful for me to hear from you. So uh, also visit us at our websites, www.abetterworld.tv for the newsletter and for some energy medicine, fun, interesting things, as well as www.mitchellrabin.com. That's Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-R-A-B-I-N.com. And also remember, we are a nonprofit 501c3, so your donations help keep us on the air and sustain. And if you know people that would want to help sponsor our show, most welcome. Love to chat about it. Thanks again. This is Mitchell J. Raven, your host, and I look forward to seeing you all next time.